You're listening to Recovery Survey, the podcast that shatters stigmas around different types of addictions and takes a deep dive into spiritual principles. Even when I was just drinking, even when it wasn't rock bottom, cracked out, homeless, drug addict, when I was just a drunk, my life was chaotic and unmanageable. My guest today is named Nadia Bruce Rawlings. She's the mother of six. She has 22 years sober, about to celebrate 23 years, and she's the author of Scars and Driving in the Rain. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So, yes, I have a combined family of six. I grew up living all over the world, um, Egypt, Norway, Bahamas, London, and, and of course, good old America. And uh, I have, I worked in the film industry for quite a long time. And now I've kind of retired from that. And I'm living in Nashville and writing. Awesome. Well, I'd love to jump into your story and hear a little bit more about maybe the recovery journey and, and how you found sobriety and then what led to you writing books. Gosh. So I always drank. I don't remember not drinking. Like we just drank. That's what our family did. <laughs> and then um, eventually, you know, it was the eighties and there was a lot of cocaine, but what happened um, at some point, well, I had stopped doing cocaine for a while cause it was getting bad and I was about to lose my job. And then four years later, my mom got really sick with um, cancer and I met this guy and he did coke and, you know, one thing led to another. And next thing I knew we were smoking crack and um, that was bad. <laughs> and within four, my mom died, I got very depressed. That really brought me to my knees. And um, I spent four years, um, just smoking crack 24 seven lost my job, obviously um, lost everything I owned, went to jail for shoplifting several times, which turns out to be a felony if you do it enough. And, um, um, gosh, and ended up finally, finally, um, after jail, they put me in rehab for six months and, I had gone to rehab once before, but it didn't work because I wasn't doing it for myself. And this time I, I really did want to get sober. I knew I was going to die. I knew I was going to die or go to prison. I didn't want to do either. And so I went to this rehab, but I was only going to go for, you know, a little bit of time. I just needed some Prozac and some clothes and I'd be fine. <laughs> and, um, and it took me about a half a minute to figure out I needed more than that. I remember sitting on the front step. It was this, this, these two old Victorian houses downtown, actually like in Cracktown around the corner from my dealer's house or apartment. And I'm sitting on the front step while my brother was signing all the papers to put me in rehab. And I was crying and crying. And, and I realized now retrospectively that was my surrender. And I just knew that I had to um, whew, just surrender. Um, I was so scared to say goodbye to drugs and alcohol. 
um, because I was so scared to face emotions. And then, so I lived in this place for six months and it was tough. It was very tough. It was very bare bones. It's not like the ones they have today. I mean, some of them, I'm sure, but not the ones around here. Um, And I finally, I got a job. My old boss probably needs Al-Anon, but she gave me a job as a file clerk. And previous to this, previous to my downfall, I'd been like a VP of sales and marketing and stuff in the film industry. And um, so I started back again as a file clerk. Eventually, well, it's a long story, but I got pregnant two weeks after I graduated from from rehab. And um, the father walked away the minute I did the pregnancy test. (laughs) So um, so I was a single mom. I was working full time as a file clerk and then an assistant. They they gave me a, a boost up to an assistant position. I was taking the bus. I was living in a sober living, blah, blah, blah. Wasn't easy. And then I had the baby and I took five weeks off and I came back and my direct boss had quit and they gave me her job and made me VP of business affairs and gave me a raise. And it was awesome. And I, and it was a lot of work and I had a new baby and I don't, whew, I, looking back at it now, I don't know how I did it. Definitely higher power looking out for me. So that just went on. And I, you know, I went to meetings. I, I did, um, I do 12-step program. At the time, I probably, I go to a lot, went to a lot more meetings than I do now. But now I have, I have like six or seven sponsees and you know, I work the steps with them every day. They they call me every day. They do all the deeds they're supposed to do. And um, it's very cool to be able to help people. Life went on like, you know, people died. People, I, I, lost, I got a house. I lost a house. I got married. I got, I got five more kids by marriage. <laughs> so now I have six. Um, that was really, really hard. You know, life went on. And then um, we decided that we were going to move and leave L.A. We were living in L.A. then. And it was just too much, too much money, too much materialism, blah, blah, blah. So we moved to Nashville. And um, I stayed a little connected to the film industry at the time for a while. But I started writing. And um, my daughter, <laughs> when she was like five, she was like, Mommy, what, what did you always want to be when you were growing up? And I said, I, I wanted to be a writer. And she goes, Mommy, it's not too late, you know, out of the mouth of babes. So I started writing and I ended up connecting with a publisher just by happenstance and got my first book published of short stories and poetry. And it's actually mostly memoir. There's two stories that are fiction, but the rest are memoir. And it's very, very intense. And, you know, I was kind of like, God, my neighbors are going to read this and know what I did. <laughs> and, um, um, and they did. And they asked me about it. 
but you know, it was okay. Cause I, I helped people. Um, people read it and came to me. I got letters. I got emails and stuff like that from people in recovery or people trying to get in recovery and people who had been abused um, in abusive relationships, et cetera, that said they were going to seek help because of me or, or because of my book. And that was just amazing. Just amazing. And which book was that? That was Scars, which was my first book. And, um, and then I just published Driving in the Rain, which was my second book. It is also, it's all memoir and it's all, there's both short stories and poetry. You mentioned that some of the people that have, have used that as, as kind of the stepping stone to either seek recovery or get out of those abusive relationships. Is that something that you also experienced in your life? Were you part of a, were you in a relationship that was uh, abusive in nature? Definitely. Um, I mean, my dad, you know, from the get go, he was an alcoholic who never thought he was an alcoholic. (laughs) And, um, he abused my mom and he, you know, verbally abused us kids. Definitely. Um, he broke my mom's nose. He broke her collarbone. And yet on the outside, we grew up, you know, in this, he was an oil man. That's why we lived everywhere. So we grew up looking great from the outside. Um, except my mom had a cast on her nose or, or whatever, her arm in a sling. Um, but that was an accident, car accident or whatever. Um, and then when I grew up, I sought out those same kind of relationships, uh, because I, I didn't know any better. And, the the guy I was engaged to when I started smoking crack again or smoking crack, he, I think when he was sober, he was a good person, but drugs and alcohol did not treat him well. And um, he was really abusive physically and, and mentally and, and verbally. It was bad. And then, you know, just things that happen, you put yourself in places when you're doing crack (laughs) that are not good. Um, I've had guns, you know, held to my head and knives held to my neck and, you know, you're in places you shouldn't be. Um, Yeah. Scary things. I can definitely relate to being in some of those places that I shouldn't have been. And I've, I've had some of those same kind of situations with guns and knives and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I can definitely relate. So you said that both of the books are, are a mix of, of memoir and short stories and poetry. Yeah. They're um, well, scars has two fiction stories in it. One, you can tell it's fiction. I'll, I'll give away the, the ending, she burns her father to death because he's been abusing her. And the other one is similar. And the rest are all memoir, but they're all short stories and poetry, very short stories, like kind of looks at, looks at 
your brain <laughs> looks at insanity and and pain and stuff like that. It's 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 pretty intense the whole book. Although at the end it gets much happier because my life turned out happy, so it it gets uplifting. So as far as the you mentioned the the abusive relationship that you were in with the fiance when you guys were smoking crack was that part of the reason that you got sober or is is the fact that you're in healthier relationships today or is that just another benefit of your sobriety i think a little of both um we we broke up and um while i was still like smoking the crack and and i was shoplifting as a as a way to pay the bills or to pay for crack not bills and, um, and he broke, I was still squatting in this apartment. They hadn't managed to evict me yet. And he broke in one night, he broke the door down and, um, broke like all the windows and beat the crap out of this other guy that was there and me. And, and it, it was just awful. And we had to run away from the cops cause they were coming and we had a bunch of crack on us and course we didn't want to get rid of that (laughs) um, so living through that and and situations like that i was just like i I can't do this anymore i can't and i can't you know i got beat up in prison i'm not in prison in jail you know i was like the skinny white kid with red hair and i i you know it was bad um, so, and then, you know, when I got sober, um, it took me a while to get my picker working straight <laughs> as far as men, but yeah, I definitely, I actually ended up, we have a great story. My, my husband and I, we dated when I was 23 and he was 28 when I had first moved to Los Angeles and, um, we were both drinking a lot. It's a long story, but basically I would break out in hives before every date. I was like, you know, he was my soulmate and I'd tell everyone how great he was and all this stuff. And he ended up leaving me because he, quote, didn't want a commitment. And three months later, he married someone else. (laughs) And, And he came to my apartment on the way to the wedding, drunk as a skunk. They were driving to Kansas for the wedding and he was like telling me how much he loved me and, and what a mistake he was making and all this stuff. And, and he doesn't remember doing this, but he did. Cause I was sober. I remember. <laughs> and, um, and so he went off and got married. And then 10 years later I got sober and I reached out to him to quote, make amends. Although frankly, I think I was just trying to stir things up a little. And um, he was like, you know, I'm married and I have kids and you should leave me alone. So I was like, okay. And then 10 years after that, I heard from him and he had gotten sober and gotten divorced and um, wanted to make amends. And Oh, it turned out I was actually dating someone at the time, but we ended up breaking up and he and I, we went, our first date was an AA meeting and a, and a coffee shop uh, <laughs> thing afterwards. And, um, and it was, you know, we're like this sweet 
AA love story, I guess. It's funny. And it worked out. And had we stayed together when we were loaded, it would have been just abysmal. We'd both be dead. So you've kind of told us a little bit about what your life's like today, and you kind of hinted at it earlier, but what are some of the benefits that you've seen since you got sober? What does your life look like? What what would that hope shot be for anybody that is still using or thinking about getting clean or sober? What What would you offer them? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I know that 22 years is, seems unimaginable to someone who's using or just getting sober or clean. But I, I mean, within my first year of being sober, I got a house. I got, well, I got promoted to vice president of something. I mean, how amazing is that? And then I got a house of my very own. Nobody, nobody else owned it except me. And, and so there were, you know, obviously the materialistic benefits. I remember going to this coffee shop next to work when I, when I first got sober and the guy in the morning was like, you're always so peaceful and calm. And, you know, remember I was a single mom and working full time and going to AA meetings. And I was like, God, I think it's just lack of sleep, but okay. (laughs) But honestly, I was, I was and am remain peaceful and calm because all that chaos that we thrive on when we're loaded is gone. I mean, the emotional chaos and the, and the, the, oh God, all the chaos that came into our lives, you know, (laughs) I mean, I just remember everything was, was a wreck, everything. Even when I was just drinking, even when it wasn't rock bottom, cracked out, homeless drug addict, when I was just a drunk, my life was chaotic and unmanageable. And now, you know, our bills are paid. We go on walks with the dog. Our kids look up to us. They come to us for advice. I mean, good God. Um, (laughs) um, We have fun and we have this great group of friends and, and they're not all in the program. And, you know, I don't live and breathe and, the program that's it's not my entire life i have friends who are normal um, but like the, my best friends knew me when i was just drinking then they knew me when i reached my downfall and then they knew me when i got sober and um they fortunately stuck with me although i had to make a lot of amends and we have so much fun. I mean, we went to Hawaii. We took a girl's trip to Hawaii with my daughter and, and one of my best friends. I mean, how cool is that? I could never do that. And, you know, we weren't drunk and falling on the beach and, and getting kicked off planes. <laughs> it's just awesome. I My husband makes fun of me because I wake up happy. That's awesome. It's a great, great picture of hope and happiness and some of the benefits that uh, we can get if if we find this recovery path and and stick with it. And, you know, I just want to congratulate you on 22, now almost 23 years. I mean, that speaks volumes about just the fact that the program works and that, that it is possible for anyone to, to stop using, stop drinking and, and find this new way of life. So I I just want to say congratulations on that. That's a big, really big deal. So thank you for sharing that. 
Thank you. Thank you. It is awesome. So if the uh, audience that's listening, if, if they're interested in finding out more about your books, what are some of the best ways for them to find that? Do you have website, social media? Is there anywhere in particular that they should look for you? Yes, all of the above. But um, so I have a website, which is Nadia Bruce Rawlings, R-A-W-L-I-N-G-S, Nadia Bruce Rawlings.com. Or you could get them on um, Amazon as well. And it's called Driving in the Rain or Scars. You can get them on my website, but they're cheaper on Amazon. So, you know, do what you want to do. <laughs> and I have a, I guess my Instagram is Nadia Bruce Rawlings as well. Awesome. Well, as we're kind of closing out the episode, I'd like to give the floor to the guests and just let them speak about whatever it is that may be on their heart. It doesn't necessarily have to be recovery related or anything on topic about what we've just spoken about, but just whatever that message is, whatever that why is that you have, um, just the floor is yours to, to share that. I think I'm looking at my, my husband has one of those, um, electronic photo things that flip through your photos on, on his desk where I'm sitting. And uh, I almost want to cry. It's like my whole family, you know, drifting across the screen (laughs) and um, they come to us for what they want and need and questions. And, And it's not like we're giving them money or anything like that. We are giving them advice and love. And when I was loaded, I couldn't do that. Um, it's, it's just amazing. The joy and peace that you can find in sobriety. That's about it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I can definitely, I can relate to what, what you just shared. I think family has definitely become a lot more important to me now that I've gotten rid of all those chemicals that were, that were fogging my brain. And, you know, now I see the importance of family and I'm so grateful that, that I've been able to rebuild those relationships and, you know, make those amends and, and try to repair the damage that I did when I was drinking and drugging. So yeah, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. One thing I do, I forgot, I do every day with my sponsees and with a couple other just people I know, I text them five things I'm grateful for, and they text me five things they're grateful for. And then I put it also put it on Facebook, which kind of keeps me um, accountable. Because if I don't put it on Facebook, people are going to be like, what the heck, you're not grateful. And, um, and it's not always easy. Five things every day is hard, but, um, so far I've been able to do it. There was one day when I could only come up with two things and it was just a shit day. But, um, apparently if you do that, it kind of rewires your brain to be happy. Yeah, that's, that's great advice for sure. I know that, uh, my sponsor always encourages me to continue to work on a gratitude list. And if I'm in that if if I'm in that negative place, he encourages me to, to just like do one on the spot, you know, just whether, even if I don't have like a piece of paper, just do one mentally, like come up with five or 10 things that I'm grateful for. And I think that that exercise has been really helpful and it helps me see, you know, just how good my life is today. And, and it allows me to, 
not take advantage of, of the opportunities that I'm given and not take for granted, you know, just how beautiful this life is and, and what a wonderful journey that, that this has been. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, Nadia, I really, uh, I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing with us about your journey and about your books and all the wonderful things that you're doing and what you're doing to help encourage people that may be struggling with uh, substance abuse or a physically abusive relationship. So I thank you for coming on and taking your time and sharing with us. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Thank you. Nadia, thank you again so much for coming on the show today and sharing your journey with us. Guys, be sure to check out both of her books, Scars and Driving in the Rain. The links for her books as well as her website will be in the show notes. You've been listening to Recovery Survey. If you got anything out of today's episode, I'd ask you to please leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us at recoverysurvey.com. You can listen to all of our episodes on the website as well as connect with us on social media where you can get previews for upcoming episodes.